be in the book of Romans chapter number 6. The book of Romans chapter number 6 is kind of a lengthy reading, but we're going to break it down piece by piece. Paul asks a question here. I'm not going to say it was a rhetorical question or a sarcastic question, but Paul asked a question. Verse number 21 of chapter 5 says that, As sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And so immediately following this, he, he, he asks a question. He says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather this afternoon. God, we thank you for allowing us to be back in your service. Lord, we thank you for the day, the many blessings of life you bestowed upon us. God, help us tonight as we open your word that we can do so with receptive hearts. God, help us so we can draw closer to you, that we can live a life freed of sin and submitted unto you each and every day. Help us so we can draw closer to you, that God, we as a church can be that light in this community that you call us to be. Lord, most of all, I pray if there be one lost among us this afternoon, that they can see their need of a Savior that they can see their lost condition, that they can see Jesus Christ high and lifted up for them, and that they can believe in him with all their heart and be saved before it be everlasting too late. Thank you for the one that's to be baptized tonight, God. Thank you for opening his eyes. Thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. Through him, we could have eternal life. Through him, we could have salvation and be part of that resurrection. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Paul here asks a question, shall we continue in sin? After we are saved, that does not make us a sinless creature. That makes our soul sinless. Washed by the blood of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Yes, they are. We sing songs about it. But that does not make us a sinless person. On this side of heaven, we will not be a sinless person. Our body's still going to want to sin. It's, it's going to want to. It's hard to avoid it. If you've been an LSU fan all your life, it's extremely difficult for you to cheer for Texas A&M, right? Extremely difficult. Even though some of us do it. It's hard. It's hard to, to quit doing something that you've always done. But whenever we're saved, we're, we're not the same person that we were before. We're, we're, we're changed. And that's what Paul is saying here. That we should walk in newness of life. That we're not only a different person, but we are a new person. Not, not just a changed person, but we are a new person. There's a part of us that has never been there before. There's a part of us that has never lived before, and that is the saved part of us. And that is the part of us that God has set free. That is the part of us that Jesus died for. And that part of us is no longer bound by sin. His question is, shall we continue in sin? As a Christian, that question must be asked to us every day. After we're saved, whenever we come to the things in this world, will we continue in sin? Will we mess up? Yes, we will mess up. Yes, we will trip and fall. They came to Peter and they said, aren't you the disciple? He said, no, I'm not the disciple. Peter walked with Jesus. And he said, no, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be sinless. But Paul said that we're to try. That we're to walk in newness of life because we are buried by baptism 
into death and raised up as Christ. We're, we're, we're a new creature. The Bible talks about the transformation, the renewing of our mind. New is not something that, that's, that's changed. New is something that is new is something that is new. New is something that we've never had before. And whenever we're saved, whenever we get to that point in our life that, that everything becomes different, everything becomes... When I got saved, everything looked a little brighter. The day was prettier. The nights weren't as scary. Church was more fun to go to. Not because I enjoy playing tag after church. Even though I was really, really good at playing tag. That ain't the reason I went to church anymore. I went to church to hear the Word of God. The Bible was then more than a, a, a book. It was more than something that, that I put under my pillow and hoped that I memorized verses when I woke up. The Bible was something that I enjoyed reading at that point. Because there was something new inside of me. There was something different inside of me. There was something that had never been there before. And that is the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells within each and every one of us. Each and every believer. And that is the transformation. That is the renewing of our mind that Paul talks about. Verse number 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should serve, not sin. And this verse right here goes back up to verse number 1 and answers his question. He says, so we continue in sin. To continue in sin means to, to, to keep doing something that you've always done. And whenever we know that it is wrong, whenever we know that we ought not do it, do we do it anyway? Yes, we do. It's not just me. We all have weak moments. We got donuts at school a week ago, Friday. I knew better than to eat two dozen donuts. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have. I knew I, sh I knew I shouldn't have. But by the time I drove from Hattiesburg to Varnado, I had ate a half a dozen chocolate donuts on the road. Didn't wreck. I was safe. Had a napkin in my hand, donut in my other hand, driving with my knee. It was all okay. And I knew that I shouldn't have, but I ate a half a dozen of them. Before my second period class got there, I was sorting out donuts, and every time I would move two boxes, I would reach over there to my box, and I'd eat me a donut. Well, then that box got empty. So, fortunately, I had bought four dozen donuts. So I just opened my other box of donuts, and I commenced to eat them. Even though I knew I shouldn't. Even though I knew that it was going to hurt me. Even though I knew that I was going to regret it, I ate it anyway. Sometimes sin can treat us that way. It can. Even though we know it's going to hurt us. Even though we know that we ought not do it. Even though we know that we should not continue in sin, we do it anyway. Why? Because this fleshly body is nothing but sin. That's all we are. And whether we want to believe it or not, our fleshly body wants to sin. It wants to. It desires to. The only thing that can keep it from sinning is that, that Holy Spirit that dwells within us. That newness of life. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can keep you from sinning? It's not a trick question. The Holy Spirit can keep us from sin. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will get away from you. But you have to resist him. Do we always resist him? What that verse, may, what that verse means is that if we deny Satan today, that don't mean that he won't come back tomorrow. Because he will. Because guess what was sitting on my kitchen table Saturday morning when I woke up? Dozen donuts. Sure it was. I told you I had four. I only ate two. That left two more. I gave one dozen away. Ended up with one dozen sitting on our kitchen table that Saturday morning. The devil is going to come back. 
even if we resist Satan and he flees from us, we're still going to have to make the decision over and over and over and over again to choose God over Satan. To choose righteousness over sin. We're going to have to make that decision. Now the next day there weren't very many more donuts left at the house. and I think now the dogs is about eating them all. So I'm not tempted with donuts anymore. But guess what? Wednesday morning we have Bible club meeting in Varnado. Guess what we get for Bible club meetings? We get donuts. <laughs> Pine Cash hooks us up. Four dozen donuts for all the Bible club kids. And I'm going to be tempted again. I'm probably going to give in again. And that's the way sin works. Is we're not going to be tempted one time and it's one and done. And it's gone. It's over. It's, it's never going to bother us again. It's something that, that we're going to have to fight. That we're going to have to battle. That we're going to have to keep over and over and over again fighting with. Verse number 6 says that we should not serve sin. What does it mean to serve someone? What does it mean to serve something? It means you're sitting there at their beck and call. You think of a, a server or a waiter or a waitress. If I'm sitting at the table and, and me and Emily went to Akita and ate lunch today, and we were sitting there and, and the guy was coming by. He was our waiter. So if I told him, hey, I need a refill, he hop to it, give me a refill. Hey, I need a check. Hop to it, get a check. Hey, I need some more snow crackers because these things are delicious. And he hop to it, get us some more snow crackers. That was his job. His job was to serve us. His job was to wait on us. His job was to be at our beck and call, if you will. If we serve sin, that is the point that we find ourselves at. If we serve sin, then we are sitting there waiting on our flesh to tell us what to do. And the Holy Spirit is just sitting there telling us, begging us, hoping that we won't. But if we serve sin, that's, that's the point that we find ourselves at. God don't want us to, but can we be saved and serve sin? People do it every day. Can we be saved and still be in bondage to sin? No. Whenever we are saved, we are freed from that. Verse number 6, Knowing that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we no longer have to serve sin. After that point, it becomes a... Oh, here's that word again. After that, it becomes a choice. You know one of the hardest things in life is choices? It is. Anybody made a bad choice today? I, I, I'm, staying. I'm not the only one, but you understand where I'm going. Everybody makes a bad decision. Everybody makes a bad choice. After we are saved, we then have a decision to make. We have a choice to make. We can follow God or we can follow uh, Satan. We can do good or we can do bad. We can choose to, to not to sin or we can choose to sin. And a lot of times we don't see these decisions as black and white. We don't see them as... We don't see them as God or Satan. Sometimes we see them as right or wrong. Sometimes we see it as an opportunity to present Christ to someone or an opportunity to keep walking. That's good and evil. Because Jesus told us to be a witness to Him. So if we miss an opportunity, if, if we neglect an opportunity, if we say, no, I don't want to share God's Word, then we're choosing this body of sin over righteousness. We're choosing the things of this world. We're, we're choosing... Pride, we're choosing embarrassment, whatever it may be, the excuse that we tell ourselves that I don't have to do this. We're choosing that over God at that point. That henceforth, verse number six, that we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. We no longer have to. 
Once you are saved, once you are born again, once you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, once you are changed, once you are transformed, once you walk in newness of life, you no longer have to serve sin. At that point, it becomes a choice. We can choose to serve sin or we can choose to serve God. For he that is dead, this body of flesh is dead, is freed from sin. So what will we choose? What have we chosen today? We, we know that we can't see tomorrow. I have no idea what's going to happen. Matter of fact, I hadn't even watched the weather. I don't know if it's going to rain, sleet, or snow. I have no idea. But yesterday, what did we choose? We remember yesterday. What did we choose yesterday? Did we choose to serve God or did we choose to serve man? Did we choose to do good or did we choose to do evil? Did we choose to reach out to that person that, that we don't know and ask them if they know Christ? Did we choose to live a life that God would be proud of? Did we choose to live by example? Did someone else see Jesus in me? Or did they see me walking around using foul language? Did they see me riding around in my truck blaring music that's foul language? Did they see me mistreating somebody? Did they see me playing golf instead of being in church? Did they see me mistreating the Bible? Did, did they see me mistreating someone? What is our life telling? Is our life proven that we choose God? Or is our life proven that we chose sin? I can tell you right now that I have a superpower. I can fly. But if my feet don't leave the ground, what does that show you? That is proven that I cannot fly. I can, I can jump, but I can't fly. If we tell someone that we're a Christian, if we tell someone we're born again, that is great. What does our life show? Do we tell someone we're a Christian and never leave the floor? Do we tell someone we're a Christian and don't act like one? What does a Christian act like? What does someone who is born again act like? What does it mean? Paul tells us we're going to keep on reading. Verse number 7, that he is, that he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died unto sin once. But in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Whenever we're baptized, we die to sin. We're leaving the old man in the water. There's a song that Randy Travis sings, and I think it's a funny song. I don't think it's a right song. But it's a funny song. It says, pray for the fish. Because they're baptizing a guy who was a terrible, awful person today. And all that old man is going to stay in the water. So pray for the fish. Because they was baptizing him in the creek. I thought it made a lot of sense to me. But whenever we're baptized, we're buried with Christ. Whenever we rise again, it's that new person that's rising. It's that changed person that's rising. It is that, that transformed mind that is rising out of the water. And the old man stays buried. The, the sinful man stays buried. The, 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 the servant to sin stays buried. And we don't have to worry about that person anymore. Verse number 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. That right there is a humongous verse. I know there's a lot of verses pasted on football helmets and on billboards everywhere, but this is a big verse to me. And it all begins with that first word. That first word says let. What does that tell us? 
that again in our life we find a choice that we have to make. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Let it not. That goes right back to choosing good or choosing evil. Choosing God or choosing Satan. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. Choose, Joshua said, choose you this day who you'll serve. As for me, I'm serving God. Every morning whenever we wake up, we have to choose if we're going to serve God or if we're going to serve our own lust. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it and the lust thereof. Verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God. You know our hands can really hurt people. And I'm not talking about bowing up and hitting somebody. The way that we use our hands can really hurt people. But it can hurt us just as bad. You know what God wants in our life? And I mentioned that this morning. He don't want us to die for Him. Jesus already took care of that. He wants us to live for Him. Paul says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And that's what God wants. But if we take and we use our hands, and we do things we ought not be doing, if we take and we use our tongue and we do things we ought not be doing, if we take and we use our feet and we go places we ought not be going, what does that do? It hurts other people because we're not presenting Jesus to them. We're telling them, hey, it must be okay because church people are doing it. No. It's hurting our witness. If I show up to church on Sunday morning, and I walk through them doors and I can't reach and grab the handle because I'm seeing three of them because I'm still hungover from last night. And I'm stumbling down the aisle and, and I make it and I make it up here. What kind of what kind of testimony am I gonna have at that point? What kind of testimony am I gonna have if I go out and do things that I know I ought not do? If I go and do out things that are one hundred percent contrary to the word of God, what kind of testimony do I have? My words no longer hold water. My life no longer holds water. Rather than being an instrument used of God, I'm now an instrument used of Satan. Every aspect of our life is being watched. If you don't believe it, look at some of the kids. Look at how quick they grab the microphone and know how it works. Knows how to let it up and down. Watch how quick they know how to let the little door stopper down out front. Watch how quick they figure out how to blow the horn in your car. They mimic everything. They watch everything. They see everything. They repeat everything what are they seeing in you you know adults do the same thing adults watch adults see adults pick out things about people what are they picking out about us do they see someone who is trying to live a right a righteous life do they see someone who is trying not to yield our body to sin do they see someone who is trying not to let sin reign or do they see someone who is choosing the lust of the flesh over the things of god because this world's going to see one of the two in us. Let not sin reign. Need to yield your members as instruments of righteousness. Verse 13. Excuse me. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have no dominion over you. For you are not under the law but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. 
His servants who ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I know you've all heard the phrase, you reap what you sow. You can't plant tomatoes and pick cucumbers. It don't work that way. You, you can't yield yourself unto Satan. You can't yield yourself unto unrighteousness. You can't yield yourself unto sin. You, you can't choose to eat two dozen donuts and then say, hey, I consume less than a thousand calories today. It don't work that way. You, you can't yield yourself unto sin. We, we can't choose to... We can't choose not to be led of God and still expect to be led of God. That's like praying for a hole and leaning on a shovel. If we lean on a shovel and we, and we pray for a hole, God isn't going to dig it for us. We're not doing anything. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago what a red fern grows. What did the, the, the boy say to the... What did the daddy say to the, old, to the little boy? He says, sometimes you've got to meet God halfway. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we've got to meet God halfway. God said that we're no longer under sin, that, that, that we're no longer under the law, that we're no longer prisoners to sin after we're saved. We're, we're, we're different. We're changed. We're new. But we still have to choose. We still have a choice. We still have the opportunity to let or to not let. We still have the opportunity to yield our members to, to, as instruments of righteousness or yield our members as instruments of sin. One of the two. What kind of impact are we having on people? What kind of picture are we painting for people? Turn over, if you would, to Galatians in chapter number 2. Galatians in chapter number 2, verse number 20. Paul said here, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. Do we live a life that allows Christ to live through us? Would we make different decisions if Jesus was standing next to us? I had a professor in college, and it's been my rule the six years that I've been teaching. I don't have very many rules in class. I really don't. But one of them that I adopted from a man named Track, he said, don't do nothing in here that you wouldn't want your mama to see you doing. And that always made a lot of sense to me. Because four and a half, five hours away up in North Louisiana, my mama couldn't see what I was doing. But whenever Track said that, it, it, it kind of got me. God sees it all. Whether I yield myself to sin or I, I yield not myself to sin, God sees it all. Verse number 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I live not for myself, I live for Christ. Can we say that today? Can I say that today I have not lived for me, I have lived for Christ? Or did I live for me today? Did I do what I want to do today? Did I, did I neglect the things of God today? Did I neglect to pray? Did I neglect to read? Did I neglect to pay attention? Did I neglect to, to listen to God? Tomorrow, will I neglect to read? Will I neglect to pray? Will I neglect the opportunities that God gives me? I have no idea how many people I come in contact with every day. But God gives me an opportunity to be a blessing to him if I let myself. If I let myself, if I submit myself unto God. If I turn loose and say, God, you got it. 
God will allow us to be a blessing. But he won't beat us over the head with a shoe and say, you're going to be a blessing to somebody today. He won't do that. He will not make us. He wants to let us. But we got to let him. We got to take our body freed from sin and give it to God. We've got to yield ourselves unto him. We've got to say like Paul, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Whenever we were saved, I use the example all the time and I'm sorry if you're tired of it. Whenever we're saved, there's a fire that started within us. And if we don't fuel that fire, it'll go out. If we turn ourselves loose to sin, if me and Uncle Darrell was talking last night, made the statement, the more you miss church, the less you miss church. I'm going to say that again. The more you miss God, the less you miss God. The more you miss reading, the less you miss reading. The more you miss it, the more you neglect it, the more you give yourself over to sin, the easier it is to get away from God. The more you turn yourself loose to this world, the easier it is not to worry about what I should and shouldn't be doing. The more I give myself to sin, the easier it is to give myself to sin. But you know it works in reverse too. The more I give myself to God, the easier it is to give myself to God. Do you think that 15 years before Stephen was stoned, do you think he could have preached the way he did, stood there and let him stone him? Or do you think God had to prepare him for that moment? Stephen laid there. He asked God to forgive him. And then he fell asleep. God prepared him for that moment. Paul and Silas was in prison. And they were praying and singing in jail. They didn't all of a sudden just, boom, you're there. God prepared them for that moment. It took years of them giving their life to Christ. Paul had the opportunity on the Damascus Road. He could have lived the rest of his life as a blind man. He could have chosen not to go to Barnabas. He could have chosen, he could have chosen not to answer God. But he didn't. And from that point forward, God prepared him for the life he was to live. God prepared him for the missionary journeys. God prepared him for the shipwreck. God prepared him to preach to the people in power. God's preparing us today, but we have to submit our life to him. God's preparing us, and we have no idea what it's for. We may be able to preach to somebody one day. We may be able to live a life to be a blessing to somebody one day. We may be able to have a testimony that will lead someone else to Christ, but we have to submit to God. We have to allow ourselves to be used of Him. If you're here and lost this afternoon, you got to submit yourself to God too. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're, you're still dead to sin. You don't have a choice. You can try so hard to do everything that's right, you're still going to die and go to hell because you're a sinner. But Jesus said He'll save you. The Bible says whosoever, that's anybody, believeth in Him. That's it. That is as hard as it gets. We're going to leave this, this water in this baptistry until the last person's gone tonight. And then we'll let it out. Because it will be awesome to be able to baptize more than one. It will be awesome to be able to fellowship two or three more. It would be awesome to be able to hear tonight, tomorrow, throughout the week that someone else believed in Jesus. 
next week, next month, may be too late. Choose Christ today. Submit yourself unto God today. Turn loose of whatever's holding you back right now. And you too can walk in newness of life. Oh, we have a verse of a song. We ask for a verse of invitation. If someone would have something on their heart, we'll give you an opportunity. Turn to number 33 in the red book, please. Thank you for each and every opportunity we get to come to your house. God, to worship and praise you. God, we thank you for, for your word, for the promises that we have through your word. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit to lead, to guide us, to help us every day, God. That we wouldn't walk according to the lust of the flesh. Lord, help us so we could draw closer to you, the God, that, that we could live a life that be pleasing unto you. That we could take advantage of the opportunities that you give us every day. To live a life so that others could see Christ through us. That it wouldn't be for our honor, for our glory, God, that it could always be about you. Allow us, help us to turn loose of ourselves. To live a life, God, fully submitted, surrendered unto you. Lord, most of all, if there be one lost among us this afternoon, I pray that you open their eyes. God, allow them to see their sinful condition. Allow them to see your son, Jesus Christ, who died for them, who paid the, the ultimate price, so that they, if they would believe on Him, could be saved, could have everlasting life. Lord, I pray that you allow them to see the simplicity of your plan of salvation. Lord, we thank you for the one that has come. We thank you for him for the prayers that went up for him. Lord, I pray that you would take his life and use it as an instrument of righteousness. God, that he could be a, an example of the love of Christ each and every day. Help us all that we could draw closer to you. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.